Hey everybody, it's Stephen the Old World Gamer along oh with Scott God, Devin King. So deep. And we are got a deep host coming in from Six and Ghosty. Welcome to the Retro Indie Pixels Podcast. We're back again next <sighs> week, every week, this week. Every week. week that my computer decides not to be poop. <laughs> Alright. So we have to apologize a little bit. We had a little bit of a technical snafu and uh, y'all couldn't hear me. So, well, yeah, for like half the podcast, and then for yeah. the first half, you could barely hear me. It was terrible. Yeah, we we had already, well, we did explain that, you know, Stefan had some computer problems, and we're like, yeah, we're good, no problems, everything's going great. Everything wasn't going great. When the Discord call on. failed, <laughs> basically when we picked it back up, for yeah. whatever reason, my streaming program decided, like, nope, no one's doing nothing. And I was like, alright, that's fucking lovely. Thanks. Did you want a podcast? Well, fuck you. I get halfway through the time stamping, I'm like, alright, I'm saying something. <laughs> I can see Scott's mouth moving. Oh, it was oh. terrible. Anyways. Good. Great. <sighs> but, um, uh, so for my news for this week, we're, I'm going to cover uh, just a couple things from last week, but not much. Just I think just two articles that I, that I found that were going to be important for... Uh, for this week. However, before we do that, before we do anything, we have an HD update for the Shump Project by Ilker. And, oh boy, does this look good. Let's take, let's take a look, folks, and see exactly how good <laughs> this really is. One second. Uh, we just got uh, donated 350 bits by Mr. Peter Cashel. Hey, thank you very much. Always. Thank you very much for that. And here is the uh, trailer. If you guys can't see it yes. because you're listening, I apologize. At least you get some good music. Right? Oh, God. I can't. Oh, my God. I forgot how good this looked. And I oh! And I don't even play fucking shmups, man. Like, that's the best part of this. Is it looks so good. In 60 FPS, even in 30 FPS, it looked really good. Yeah. In 60 FPS? Oh. Oh, my. Oh, my God. Indeed. Looks so good. Um... Yeah, I've been I've definitely been keeping track of everything that's been going on. I've been, you know, very active in the uh, the Shump Project by Ilker Facebook group. If you guys haven't gone over there to jump into that Facebook group, what are you waiting for? Yeah. Go over, get updates, you know, support the guy in every way that you possibly can, you know, because this looks so good. In case you guys are looking for it who are listening to the podcast only, uh, you're looking for Ilker Essen. On YouTube, and the video is actually called Shmup Project HD version. Yep. Uh, so, and, oh God, believe it's, me, it's if you like short, shoot 'em ups or even retro stuff, just it's a 23 second video. Do yourself a favor. Oh um, my God, it looks so good. It looks just, just so amazingly good, and I cannot wait for the next update. Looking forward to that. Indeed. So, this one's to you, Ilker. You're doing okay in my book. Indeed, man. So, doing a good job. All right, so I will be uh, moving on to the two articles that I had from last week that I didn't get an opportunity to talk about. 
Uh, Street Fighter VI is not going to be making an appearance at EVO 2019. Uh, Street Fighter VI will not be present at EVO 2019 next month, according to, Yo or to Capcom's Yoshinori Ono. Uh, despite rumblings on the internet, Street Fighter VI will not be making a showing. That's according to Ono, who said that his team are still hard at work at Street Fighter V Arcade Edition. If Street Fighter VI is indeed in the work, we probably won't hear a thing about it until next-gen systems arrive on the scene. Until then, there's an update coming to Street Fighter V, which we will talk about, um, according to previous tweets. In EVO 2019, or EVO 2019, the biggest fighting games uh, esports event of the year, takes place in the first weekend of August. If Capcom plans to make Street Fighter V announcement at the event, it wouldn't be a surprise. Last year, it revealed two new characters at the event and made them available to players the same day. Now, here's the, here's the problem that I'm having with this, is that... Yes, uh, Street Fighter VI is not going to be making an appearance. That's 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 perfectly fine. However, uh, if Capcom's going to be doing anything for announcements, they need to they need to announce something along the lines of, "Hey, we we understand that there were problems with Marvel vs. Capcom Infinite. Okay, sure, we are going to do Marvel vs. Capcom Four. Hmm. Or, like, maybe update Marvel vs. Capcom Infinite to make it playable. But I really don't think that that's a thing. I don't think, like, the interest in the game has completely diminished. I don't I don't even know if it's being played at EVO. I don't think it is. And that's a problem. And when it comes to, you know, Capcom fighters, they're just like, the, they're, they're the thing. You know, Street Fighter has just always been, like, the big thing. And the, the Marvel vs. Capcom series has always been huge. So, like, giving some announcements saying, hey, there's some Marvel vs. Capcom things coming in the future, I think that would be a great place for, you know, them to say, hey, this isn't going to be anytime soon, but expected maybe 2012 or 2011 or early 2011 that says, hey, Marvel vs. Capcom 4 is going to be coming out and maybe we're going to go back and do some things to some older games like you know mm -hmm. released uh, i know the children of the atom is coming out on the, the, the arcade thing but like what about a re-release of marvel versus capcom 1 or marvel versus capcom 2 it's exactly. been over it's been over 10 years since the xbox version of marvel versus cap or the xbox 360 version excuse me the 360 version of marvel versus capcom has been released it's been 10 years that's so i think time. it's it, that's a very long time. So I honestly think if they they could just do something like like small graphical updates to Marvel vs. Capcom 2 and then re-release it, boom. How uh, that's how you keep the hype in your series. I think there's something a key thing that we're both missing here, Scott. Mm. The reason why we haven't probably heard much on Marvel vs. Capcom is for the fact that Marvel has changed hands since then. Mm -hmm. So there could be something to do with licensing. There could be something to do with, like, no, 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 we can't do this now. But, I, I, like, again, I can't see even Disney. I know Disney's the one that, that holds Marvel more right. or less now. So I can't see them doing that because it's not like there's not fighting in the movies. Yeah. Or in it's... any of the other Marvel games and stuff. So, I mean, it, it shouldn't be, that shouldn't be the issue. Yeah. So it, it's it, it's tough because there's like and the X Men are owned by Fox now, aren't they? Something along those lines. I don't even know if they're who knows. You know, 
they're, they're, they're the same legal property. But it's the same reason why the the, the X Men weren't in Marvel versus Capcom Infinite because Marvel doesn't own the rights to the X Men anymore. Yeah. So that right there could be a like what what you're saying is could be a problem as to why these sort of things haven't been re-released then. Mm-hmm. You cannot, you can no longer find digital copies of Marvel vs. Capcom 2 anywhere. It's not for sale anywhere. Probably because for that reason, you know, because the, the X-Men characters in it is, are, are no longer property of Marvel. So it's like, alright, well, maybe that'll be a problem. But I think if they can make up, you know, some sort of like deal with Fox or the other thing like that, and just be able to say, hey, here's an HD remix update for Marvel vs. Capcom 2. Boom! It just completely revitalizes the interest in the series. Yeah. Um, so uh, I don't think on... that it, there's any lack of interest. I think it's still there. It's just not oh, yeah. doing anything about it. Right. Alright, uh, so going to move on. Here's an important thing, and... Uh, this article is now two weeks old, so I'm not really sure if this is the truth anymore, but I don't. I still haven't seen anything about it. Uh, Nintendo has been instructing customer service staff to repair uh, drifting Switch Joy-Cons for free. Uh, Nintendo has advised customer service teams to repair faulty Joy-Cons free of charge. In the wake of the massive storm building up around faulty Joy-Cons for many Nintendo Switch owners, which include myself... Uh, which may result in a class action lawsuit, the company has reportedly begun addressing the problem. Nintendo Switch owners have been struggling with an analog stick drift on the Joy-Con controllers pretty much since launch, and the issue never seems to have been fixed. Whilst when some asked Nintendo to fix what's clearly a widespread manufacturing fault, the company instead told them that they would be recharged for repairs. Vice Games has obtained an internal memo to Nintendo Customer Service Department instructing staff to repair drifting Joy-Cons for free, even if they're out of warranty. But customers will no longer be requested to pr- uh, provide proof of purchase for Joy-Con repairs. Additionally, it's not necessary to confirm warranty status in memories. What's more, Nintendo is also going to be refunding customers who previously paid for Joy-Con repairs as a result of the same fault. If a customer requests a refund for a previously paid Joy-Con repair, confirm the prior repair and issue a refund. Um, the only issue that um, this whole thing is, is that they made no public announcement of this. And that's what we're doing, and uh, that's like that's like the main problem with the whole thing is that, you know, they acknowledge there's a problem, but don't acknowledge there's a problem. So rather than just going, you know, to the public and saying, <coughs> "Listen, we know there's a problem. We apologize for the problem. We will repair these for free." Just See, don't say anything. The reason for that is that the same reason for anything like that is that. If we don't tell people, then we don't have to pay extra money to get this stuff fixed. But if people right. come and say, oh, a lawsuit, then all of a sudden, hey, yeah, hey, look, we can do this for free, no problem, we've been doing this for a while. Yeah. But then the people who don't want to go and pursue that and just saying, well, geez, I guess we're going to have to buy another one, we'll go out and buy another one so they get extra money. They get a full, you know. And that's like, that's a problem because, like, Nintendo Switch Joy-Cons are not cheap. They are not cheap by any stretch of the imagination. They are the controllers went up in price, like I remember GameCube controllers and even the Wii Motes being fairly like decently priced. Yeah, like but maybe it seems $30, like forty dollars. It but... seems like once they started putting out these like uh, the classic controller pros and stuff like that, like and especially these Joy Cons, like they're expensive as hell. Right, and the Joy Cons are like seventy dollars. Like now, it, it's lit. 
Is there still anyway. motion control like there is with? Because I don't own a Switch, obviously. Um, not in any of the games that I've played. Uh, okay. Well, no, because Breath of the Wild does. So yes, there is. Okay, so you can uh, still do motion control. So I mean, obviously they still have heavy technology in those Joy Cons. It's just what's in them, and is it worth the money that you're paying? That that's the only question you really gotta like answer for right. yourself. Because I mean, and if it's justified, then sure. I mean, you know, if it's making your gameplay that much better, and you know. Know you know your battery lasts longer or right whatever which the case is, which, may be, which is going to be something that they address in, in you know the future uh, oh, the future yeah. releases of the Joy Cons. But uh, as Steve is saying in the chat, the less people know about it, the more that they're going to just buy new ones. Which is just that's absolutely true. So by Nintendo saying that they are going to repair these things for free without publicly announcing it, it's kind of like a way of like, hey, we've always offered this. It's not our fault that you bought new controllers. Hey, we would have repaired them for free. You know, so it's like, uh, this is like, they're trying to address the problem while be as uh, while being as undermined as possible. Mm-hmm. Which for me, I don't understand because this like, this seems very out of character for Nintendo. They have always been really good about like customer service and being able to you know communicate with people. This really, really doesn't seem like them. And for all we know, maybe they just don't realize that they haven't made it publicly like public knowledge like public public knowledge like making sure that people know about it you know yeah, why, I, why not throw it on the nintendo direct on youtube that yeah mm. and, and just be like you know <laughs> we acknowledge there's a problem we apologize for it and we are going to take responsibility which nintendo's always really done whenever there's been problems they'd be like hey you know sorry about this we're going to handle it as quickly and as efficiently as possible and this, like I said, this is, just feels really out of character for them, and I'm not really sure why they just haven't made this public. So, uh, moving on, uh, Dragon Quest XI S demo is going to be released. <coughs> the data can be transferred to the full game. Ooh, nice. Uh, the Switch owners looking forward to Dragon Quest S Echo of an Elusive Age Definitive Edition will be able to try it before they buy it. A Dragon Quest XI S demo is to be released, and data can be transferred to the full game. Square Enix announced the upcoming demo during the Dragon Quest Summer Festival 2019 in Tokyo. While a, re- while a date wasn't provided, the company stated that those who keep their save data for the full release will be gifted with a skill seed bonus. Uh, users who will be gifted with the premium hero card, the one descended from Air- er, the one descended from Erdrick. It can be used in the free-to-play card battle game Dragon Quest Rivals. Uh, other information announced during the stage show was that Dragon Quest X will be available as, as one of the past Dragon Quest worlds players can travel to, according to Dematsu. There will also be Draconian Quest in the game with Super, Spot, Super Shy Pox enabled. The latter seems all members of your party exposed to the Shy Pox spell. Dragon Quest XI X Echoes of Elusive Age Definitive Edition releases September 27th. What um, is this? So, here's the thing. I have played, um, I want to say, like, 15 hours of Dragon Quest. I borrowed somebody's PS4 just to try to play it, and I didn't get a chance to finish it before they needed it back. This is a good game, by the way. This is a really good game. It's Dragon Quest. Of course it is. Like, it's Dragon Quest, so they, they, they really have to try to make a bad game. <laughs> but, uh, this is a really, really good game. Um, be, be, for sure, I will be picking this up for my Switch. Um, it's a little different. 
It's a little different than traditional Dragon Quest games, but I'm not saying that that's bad. I think it's really good. And and the combat's different than it used to be, because combat, you know, Dragon Quest is usually pretty straightforward. Um, this game ha handles combat in real time, like kind of real time. Like it's sort of turn-based, sort of real time. But it's a really good game, and you really should give it a try. At the very least, you have a demo to try. So you have nothing to lose. Sure. So if you, you know, if maybe you find that the new combat system in Dragon Quest XI isn't for you, you've lost nothing. You've downloaded a demo. You can say, hey, maybe this isn't for me. Or you can go, oh, hey, Scott was really right. This game is really good. And then, you know, go do what I'm going to do and pick it up as soon as it comes out. Mm -hmm. But, uh... And yeah, if you haven't, if, if you've not played any Dragon Quest games, you can just jump right into Dragon Quest Eleven. No need to play any of the other ones. Though I really do suggest Dragon Quest Eight because that game was really, really good. I look but, forward uh, to playing that again soon, too. <laughs> Dragon Quest Eight. Oh, yeah. I didn't oh, even finish God. that. I got so far into it, and for whatever reason, I just stopped playing. Oh, God, it's such such a good game. It's just Dragon Quest is such a good series. Yeah. I don't... It's like, it always was, man. It, it's just, it defines. It is the absolute, just dead definition of what a JRPG should be. And people might say, well, what about Final Fantasy? Final Fantasy's made bad games. Okay? There have been Final Fantasy games that have been horrible. I'm looking at you, Final Fantasy 13 3. And as much as I love my Vincent, Dirt of Cerberus is not a good game. But. Dragon Quest has never done that. Even, like, games that jumped outside of its boundary, like mm -hmm. Dragon Quest Swords, was still a good game. Yeah, I played that one Joker or something, where you used, like, the, the enemies as, like, your Pokemon or, like, your battle team kind of thing. I have not I have not played that one That's yet. Re I, I really enjoyed it personally. I thought it was fantastic. Yeah. I was playing it when I, I was like, working security, and it helped pass time, and I really got into it it's just it's definitive it's absolutely what you say like what is a perfect jrpg and you cannot say anything other than dragon quest it's just that plain and simple mm -hmm. if you haven't played a dragon quest game i would suggest go and start with dragon quest 8 because that'll get you into the series real good and you know <laughs> perfect perfect all right so uh moving on uh, Capcom wants Resident Evil fans to test out a new, unannounced project in Japan. Uh, Capcom has put a, has put out a call to Resident Evil fans looking for input on a new project. The publisher revealed in a memo to Resident Evil ambassadors in Japan that it's looking for those willing to participate in on-site testing of a new game in September. The email obtained by Biohaze was sent by Capcom's Division 1, the team behind Resident Evil and Devil May Cry. Seeing as it was addressed to Resident Evil fans, it's logical to assume the company is working on a new Resident Evil game. Tests will take place September 8th or 9th. Interest interestingly, the site notes that Capcom hosted a fan meeting in Tokyo back in June for Resident Evil Ambassadors, another indication that the project is Resident Evil related rather than Devil May Cry. Hmm. We are interested in incorporating the feedback of all ambassadors to our development invitation. Since the release of Resident Evil 2 Remake earlier this year, fans have always assumed Capcom would move on to giving Resident Evil 3 Nemesis the same treatment, but the looks of it, the project appears is 
is in an early stage of development, so don't expect news until next year. Um, I mean, I think it's time for Resident Evil 8. Resident Evil 7 has been around five ever at this point. <laughs> so, it, I think it is time for Capcom to just be like, alright, Resident Evil 7's been around forever, let's go on to the next game. I think it would behoove them to go, alright, they did Resident Evil 2 Remake, now let's do a new game. Resident Evil 8. Now let's go back and remake, you know, like remaster one of the old games, make a new game for the series. Go back and remaster an old game. I think that would be perfect. For them to just say, hey, you know, here's a remaster of an old game, here's a new game. Remaster, new game. And I think it w like they, they should do the same thing with Devil May Cry. Mm -hmm. With like just going back and remastering everything. Well, yeah, I mean, a lot of companies should look into doing that just for the extra revenue. Mm hmm. Excuse me. Uh, but, uh, oh. yeah, I, I don't know if. I, I, I want to say that Resident Evil 8 would be a step in the right direction for them. Mm -hmm. Because, you know, like I said, it's been a long time since Resident Evil 7, but like 7 got like such strangely mixed reviews that I think they need to make sure that they get this one right. Alright. So, um, September 8th or 9th for you Resident Evil ambassadors, make sure that you, you know, keep an eye open for that. Uh, moving on, Street Fighter V is getting E-Honda, Poison, and Lucia this weekend, uh, which is this weekend right now. Capcom has uh, responded to a Street Fighter V Arcade Edition leak by making the details official. As we head into the fighting game tournament EVO 2019 this weekend, the rate of fighting game leaks is bound to ramp up. Street Fighter is no stranger to leaks, and earlier this week, uh, Steam ruined a big surprise Capcom had in store for fans. Street Fighter V Arcade Edition is getting three characters in one go. These being E-Honda, Poison, and Lucia, uh, Lucia from Final Fight. Shortly after the leak, Capcom decided to officially announce the news, confirming that all three will be available during this Sunday, August 4th, which is today. Uh, each of the three available for purchase a la carte on Sunday, but Cap Capcom is also selling a Summer 2019 character bundle that includes all three, as well as the default colors 3 through 10 and battle costumes. The bundle will be available on Monday, August 5th, though prices for any of the new content have yet to be revealed. This is good news for fans. After a month of radio silence, Capcom promising big news in August and has delivered. Don't expect Street Fighter VI Evo this weekend, though. Uh, catch the new trailer below. Um, Alright, so here's the thing. I've already looked into this trailer. Uh, Lucia looks really cool. I really like her. But here's the problem. But here's the problem. Uh, she doesn't do anything new, in my opinion. Um, just, this is what they're showing. It's like all of the characters have had their, you know, Street Fighter Five upgrade, except for E Honda. All right. All right. I'm going to hit this with. Oh. Uh, oh man, this makes me want to play Street Fighter. This is so good. <laughs> I'm gonna let you. I'm gonna, you know, I'll let you all watch this. Alright. Graphically, he looks he, he looks okay. You know, I like how he has like an Ocho Super. Yeah, you know, but here's here's the thing. 
You know what? I'm just gonna let it play. I'm gonna let it play before I get into things because I don't wanna. I don't wanna start before it ends. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I wanna be able to let you kind of nostalgia out a little bit. Got a minute. How come Hagger is Hagger in Street Fighter Five? No, he is not. No, well, because it, well, fight. because it's uh, Lucius from Final Fight. True. Wait, so is Hagger. She, see, so so is uh, what's his name here? Uh, Abigail. So Abigail or, or Final Fight has seen a couple uh, Street cool. Fighter characters. Uh, Poison, Abigail, Hugo. Uh, now Lucia. So, she's not the first of this set. I, I, I would, like I said, she looks really good. Yeah, she looks she looks really good. Um, my pro my only problem with her is that she really fucking comes off as a cami clone to me, and it's just mm, I I really want to like her, but at the same time, it's like. She feels like such a cammy clone. Uh, I said, how about some more poise, son? Uh, and then poison. God damn it. I fucking hate this update for poison. I really do. Because she's just... Oh my god. She just... She's absolutely... Except... Okay. Except for that right there. Except for that one move right there. She's exactly the same as she was from Street Fighter 4. Uh, she's exactly the same. Uh, okay, I can't say exactly, but okay. Let me say she's 90% the same as she was in Street Fighter 4. There are some there are some graphical updates, yes, sure. But she's just the same. Costume changes, sure. I like the way she looks, don't get me wrong. Yeah. But again, except, you know, for the V-Triggers, the, the V-Triggers clearly have to be different because they're new to Street Fighter V. So, you know, obviously there's going to be, you know, things that have to change with them. And the bathhouse background for Street Fighter V, fucking why? Why are we doing this again? Like, seriously? Like, come on, guys, give us something new. Like, I get... I like that the, the, there's the nostalgia factor with E Honda there, no. but I, but again, she just looks or the, the E Honda again looks very much how he does in Street Fighter Four, outside of the V triggers. So it's like this this seems like a very weak cut and paste to me from Capcom, like throwing two characters that were in Street Fighter Five, giving them V triggers, and now everything's the same. Mm. And Lucia looks like and maybe I'm wrong with this. Maybe if I play her a little bit, she won't cut turn on as a cami clone. But just by what I'm looking at, you know, I haven't been able to play her yet, so I don't know. But that's how she feels. Hmm. Um Oh no. Yeah. So but these characters available, you know, if you were a, a, a Honda or neither you know, poison players whatnot. And you get a new character in Lucia, so that's coming out today. The whole thing's coming out tomorrow, so take a look at that. Uh, moving on, 
Now, I'm going to throw a number at you guys. Jesus. Pokemon Go has been downloaded over one billion times. One billion. That is with a B. <laughs> that is with a B. That is a one with nine zeros. One billion times. Pokemon Go has surpassed 1 billion downloads, according to Nintendo. A video posted by Nintendo has revealed that the mobile title has been downloaded a staggering 1 billion times since it's released three years ago. The figure is mentioned in one of the company's new TV sports for the, the spots for the spot sport, the new TV spots for the game. We're unsure exactly which one it is, but Nintendo Everything has posted all of the videos. We popped up the one we think it is for the one below. Last we heard in 2016, the game had hit 500 million downloads, which means it has seen approximately 250 million downloads each year since. That's crazy. Current monetary figures aren't known, but Sensor Tower estimates that the mobile title has grossed $2.65 billion worldwide. Holy <coughs> shit! Yeah. Now, I'm gonna throw out my little calculator here. So, 250, that's 100,000, that's 250 million. I'm gonna divide this by 365 days in a year. That means that Pokemon Go, on average, is downloaded 685,000 times a day. Holy shit! Like, damn. And here's the thing. The game's not dead. They are very active. They are doing new things with Pokemon Go every week, every month. And they show no signs of slowing down. I had to resist adding more Pokemon Go news to our stream today because there could have been like three or four more articles of the things that they're doing. Mm -hmm. But I think you're talking about Pokemon Go once a week is enough. <laughs> and, and I think that this was definitely the most momentous thing. Seeing that how this thing has been downloaded one billion times. It like, goes to show you how much a series, how far a series can go as long as the right things are put there for people. Right? Like, no, I mean, that's not gonna, that's not meaning that one billion people no. are playing. Just downloads, which means that every time someone gets a new phone, they're probably downloading it, which means Correct. it adds up. But still, mm -hmm. that's just saying, like... That means that people are still wanting to play it. That. That. So... Wow, yeah. what what else can you say? Uh, moving on, Sniper Elite 4 and Wipeout Omega Collection offer PS Plus games for August. Sony announces its PS Plus August offerings. Sniper 4 Elite and Wipeout Omega Collection are your PS4 Plus gift for August. Wipeout Omega Collection includes Wipeout 2048, Wipeout HD, and the HD Fury expansion in one package. You will perverse... Perverse? Oh my god! <laughs> you will... Wow. Slip there. Uh, you will traverse 26 tracks, can participate in eight multiplayer. Eight 
Sorry. <laughs> 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 uh, you can participate in eight-player multiplayer or play with a friend in couch co-op. The entire game is also available on PlayStation VR. Sniper Elite 4 also allows you to team up with a friend online to take down targets in the cooperative campaign mode. Or you can compete co-op com complete... Oh boy, here we go again, Stefan. <laughs> or you can complete co-op missions for two to four players in competitive multiplayer modes for up to 12 players. So there are some interesting online action for subscribers this week, whether they want to race around or shoot things. Both games will be made available starting August 6th. In the meantime, you can still download July's offerings, Detroit Become Human Digital Deluxe Edition with Heavy Rain Horizon Turbo Chase. Uh, <laughs> uh, if you haven't gotten... Uh, if, you, if you have the PS4 stuff, Detroit Become Human, uh, I haven't actually physically played my, uh, the game myself, but I have watched several Let's Plays of it. The game's really good. Um... So I would give that a give that a look, but uh, you get to be perverse and wipe out <laughs> next month. Moving on, uh, this I was really excited excited for. Uh, Need for Speed and Plants vs Zombies Garden Warfare Three oh. are coming this year. Jesus! When you sent me this fucking link, I was like, Need for Speed, Plants vs Zombies. I was like, What are you talking <laughs> about? How is that a fucking game? Like. <laughs> Uh, EA has confirmed that nearly two relics that, that it what the fuck oh my god start over sorry guys EA has confirmed that it has two relatively big games still to come in 2019 in to call investors following EA's Q1 FY2020 earnings reveal the publisher confirmed that Need for Speed and a Plants vs Zombies shooter likely Garden Warfare 3 are due out this calendar year on Need for Speed, EA revealed that the game will be officially unveiled in the lead-up to Gamescom, which will be what developer Ghost Games teased back in May. It's possible Plants vs. Zombies Garden Warfare 3 will also be revealed in Cologne in a couple of weeks, although EA didn't specify. Going back to Need for Speed, Ghost Games said that the new game will focus on cars and customization, two elements it considers core to the franchise. Earlier this week, the name Need for Speed Heat popped up on one retailer's website. Though it turned out that the cover used was a mock-up created by the community, the, game, the name may still hold water. Gamecom will place... Gamecom takes place August 20th to 24th. Um, ooh. I'm, I'm really, really, really looking forward to a new Need for Speed game. Uh, I'm really not one... For racers, okay? Racing really isn't, like, on my top ten list of game types. Except for Need for Speed. Uh, I like Need for Speed. Some of the games I enjoyed a bit. I, I will say, like, Hot Pursuit, I was definitely a big fan of. Underground 2. Underground 2, too. yeah! Oh my god, did I play the fuck out of that game. Yeah. Like... Oh my god, did I play that game a lot. Like, holy crap. But, uh... Uh... I don't really know much about Plants vs. Zombies, so I really can't, you know, say too much about that, but, uh... Definitely gonna be looking forward to this new Need for Speed game, and when we get new information on it, I'll definitely let you guys know when we know more. Oh my god. <laughs> Alright, so, before I go on to this next article, 
I, I ended up making a CD that had all of the Need for Speed 2 Underground. <laughs> or Need for Speed Underground 2, I mean, all the music that came in it. I made a CD for my car, yeah. just so I could listen to that music in my car as I drove. Like, you, you felt like baller that way, didn't you? Riders on the snow. Anyway. There's a poop out on the porch. <laughs> 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 yeah, okay. I'm sorry. The Outer Worlds will be re released for Nintendo Switch. Oh. Uh, the Outer Worlds is coming to the Switch. Uh, the Outer Worlds, the, up the upcoming sci-fi RPG from Obsidian Entertainment, has been announced for the Nintendo Switch. Obsidian is working with Virtuos uh, on the Switch version, which is set to release sometime after it arrives on PC, PS4, and Xbox One in October uh, the 25th. Uh, the player-driven story game is set in a colony at the farthest reaches of the galaxy. The place... Uh, the place is run by a corporate bureaucracy, and thanks to you, it all starts to unravel. Because of player choice, you could decide who to become, afflicting, affecting how the story develops, as well as your character progression, companion stories, and endgame scenarios. And if you want to, you can go on a murderous rampage by killing every P NPC in it. Fun times. Obsidian revealed its upcoming RPG at the Games Awards 2018 and December 2018. A demo of the game was shown at PAX East earlier this year. Um, I, uh, oof. I would like to play this. This looks... Oh, yeah. Good. I, uh, I did watch the, 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 the trailer that they have there. It's mostly the developer talking to the camera, but it looks really good. It gives me kind of like a Borderlands meets, uh, Dead Space sort of vibe. Sort of, or not Dead Space, um... Honestly, I just want a Skyrim on other planets. Yeah, there you go. There you that, go. There that's you go. all I really want. That, I just... Skyrim Fallout on other planets. I'm cool with... That's, that's what I want. That's... That's what this Fallout looks was, like. Fallout was what I was looking for, by the way. Fallout, yeah. Fallout on other planets. I like... Yeah. Keep and adding more, too. More planets. Like, fucking... A, a, a hundred. A hundred fucking planets. I'm cool with that. <laughs> oh, we're sorry. I don't even care. I just want to explore. hundred planets. Right. But uh, if you uh, if you haven't seen any of the trailers for The Outer Worlds, you should go check that out because it's really uh, really a cool looking game. Mm -hmm. um, so uh, moving on, something I don't normally do. I have a little video for you guys here. Um, Borderlands Three, Zane the character Zane has the character trailer now. So if you Thank guys you. would like to uh, take a look at what Zane looks like, you can watch said trailer as we are doing right now. Yeah, I do like the Borderlands games. They look so nice. They're so well done. I like how uh, the trailer kind of shows off like a lot of the things that he can do. I mean, shooting bugs, but dipping people's faces, dunking, dunking psychos in toilets. <coughs> Sounds good. Okay, hello. What's mm. up? Bitch. Well, like this, like oh, personal shields. Yes, shields he can shoot through. Yeah, seems nice. And this right here. Oh boy, he gets a projection. That seems. It seems like he can, or, or they have like some independence. 
So maybe it's going to be some sort of, like, projection that's actually going to be able to fight for you? Like, hmm. I think that's pretty neat. And maybe, like, it might be able to, like, draw fire? While you can, like, shield yourself and, you know? It can probably take a gun if it can hold a bottle. Right? There you go. So, uh, Zane looks pretty good. Uh, very, very Irish sounding. I like it. So, of all the characters that I've seen so far, I really, really like Zane, and it's probably who is going to be my choice. I like that sort of thing in Borderlands, like projection and stuff like that, which is why I played uh, Zero in Borderlands 2, because he had, like, that projection thingy. Mm-hmm. So, Zane, character trailer reveal. If you're not watching it live, or you're not watching like a re-thing, go check him out. He looks really Zane, cool. Zane, Zane, like to use protective shields. No? Okay. <laughs> Alright, moving on. <laughs> Switch Lifetime Sales hits 36.87 million. Super Mario Maker hits 2.42 million units sold already. Nintendo has released its Q1 financial report, nothing, uh, noting noting lifetime unit sales of the Switch currently sit at over 30 or 20, 36.87 million. During Q1 of 2019, its current fiscal year Switch sold 2.3 million units, bringing its lifetime total up to that total. Uh, quarterly figure is down slightly compared to the 2.7 or 2.47 million units uh, Nintendo sold during quarter four 2018. However, on a a year-over-year basis, it's a 13.2% increase in unit sales. For Nintendo 3DS, hardware sales totaled 0.2 million units, which is a 44% or almost 45% decline year-over-year. That doesn't surprise me, honestly, because uh, of everything that we talked about in previous podcasts, about Nintendo saying... You know, oh, we really still care about the 3DS, but we're doing new Switch stuff. Like, no, you don't care about the 3DS, and it's a dying system, unfortunately. But gotta move on. Um, software sales for the period ending in June 30th reached 22.61 million units, a 25 25.9% increase. During the period, Super Mario Maker 2 sold 2.42 million units within three days of release. Woo! In addition, Mario Kart 8 Deluxe sold 1.2 million units during the quarter, bringing its lifetime total to 17.89 million units. Digital sales for Switch Q1 came to 30.6 billion yen, which is 281 million American, (laughs) up 65.3% year over year. Lifetime software unit sales for the Switch stand at 210 million. Wow. Uh, Mobile title sales reached uh, 10. 10 billion yen, which is 492 million, up 10%. Q1 software sales for 3DS came in at 1.8 million units. Again, almost a 50% decrease. Hmm. So it just goes over like the like the hottest sellers here. And uh, Mario 8 Deluxe is just absolutely Super Mario Kart 8 Deluxe is just blowing everything else out of the water yeah, by by shit. almost 3 million copies. I mean, even Breath of the Wild is still 4 million copies behind. And, like... We're all Mario it, games, too, eh? Right. I mean, and comparing it to, like, the number 10, which is Mario Tennis Aces, which is 2.75 million, Mario Kart Deluxe has sold 
seven times more games than that. Even maybe even eight if I do my math right, but whatever. But still, like, whew. So yeah, uh, Nintendo's doing pretty good. Um, you know who else is doing pretty good? PS4, who have now shipped one one hundred million lifetime units. Uh, Sony has officially shipped over 100 million PS4 consoles. Since its introduction in November 2013, the PS4 has now shipped 100 million units worldwide. Sony announced the unsurprising news earlier today as part of its earnings result for the first quarter of FY 2019. Uh, during the quarter June, ending June 30th, 3.2 million consoles were shipped to retailers, bringing the total up to 100 million. The more interesting statistic is that the console reached this milestone in five years and seven months. According to Nico, our partner senior analyst Daniel Ahmad, this makes the PS4 the fastest console to reach 100 million ever, outpacing the PS2 as well as the Wii. Uh, although PS4 sales have generally been slowing down, it as often happens towards the end of a console generation, the game and network services segment performed very well for the company in Q1. This was mostly driven by strong PlayStation Plus sales through the PlayStation Store, as well as obviously 3.2 million hardware units. In fact, digital is strong now that full game downloads have surpassed half, 53%, of all games sold during the quarter. Overall, games and network services continue to be Sony's biggest moneymaker, bringing in 32% of the company's profits in Q1. Um, I mean, this... Uh, this, I was actually really surprised by this. I didn't expect the PS4 to be the one that makes the 100 million first. Well, or the fastest. The thing uh, is, but I will say, uh, go ahead. It's worded in a particular way, Scott. I know, I know. It's saying that it has shipped mm -hmm. 100 million units. Meaning there that could be a big place down the states that holds a lot of stock for Walmart that could be sitting on like fucking 10 million fucking units that are doing nothing except sitting there. They're sold to Walmart, right. but are they going to sell them all? That You know what I mean? Saying, like, that right. that's the thing. It's when you actually get full sales. And I right. guess to them, it's a sale because, you know, like I said, a Walmart or Toys R Us or whoever bought them, and, and that's it. Right. So, but that doesn't necessarily mean, you know, that they're actually sold, sold. But, yeah. Correct. Oh, but it's one. still impressive. I mean, oh, God, yes. To reach the hundred million, um, I'm thinking once the switch reaches that five point or the five year seven months man, I think it's probably going to have sell. In my opinion, I might be wrong about that, but who knows? Uh, moving on, IO Interactive may already be working on Hitman Three. Uh, developer IO Interactive may already be working on Hitman Three, according to Danny O'Doyer in a recent No Clip documentary. Danny O'Doyer. What did I say? O'Dwyer. 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 You're right. Oh, I know. In O'Dwyer's latest video, he chats with developers at IOI's Copenhagen studio about the challenges of Hitman development. During the documentary, he says the team is working on a new Hitman content and looking ahead to the third Hitman game. In January, IOI opened a second studio in Mal or Malmo, Sweden, uh, confirming that the second team would work on Hitman content and that both teams would act as one family. In addition to Hitman content, though, the studio confirmed that it would be working on original IP, which O'Doyer, or Dwyer, Dwyer, damn, fucking Irish names, O'Dwyer hints that IOI's <laughs> current focus 
It's not unheard of for a studio to juggle multiple projects at a time, though. When World of Assassination is complete, it's going to be one game with all the locations starting from Paris and Hitman 1 to the last location in Hitman 2, where it's 20-plus locations at IOI CEO Akon Abra. This isn't confirmation that Hitman 3 is in development, but it is confirmation that the studio intends to get it eventually. Hitman 2 launched in November 2018, and IOI is still supporting it via an expansion pass. A new sniper assassin map set in Siberian prison launches July 30th, which it's already out. Mm-hmm. Um, I have actually not played Hitman games, but I uh, I follow somebody on Twitch who is a very avid speedrunner of it, oh, and the Jesus. games look really good. The games look really, really good. I don't know if you've played any of them or not. I've played the f- the very first Hitman game that was ever put out. And I enjoyed it quite a bit. I tried to do the stealth thing, tried to do the smart thing. It was hard. I had a buddy... <laughs> He's not like super duper at games or anything by any means. But for some reason he got right into it. He finished the first one because he just decided, You know what? Now that I have these Desert Eagles, I'm just going to run through this game. I don't care if I don't <laughs> have to be stealthy. And so, when Hitman 2 came out uh, a while after, that's what he did. He's all like, nah, I'm not playing stealth. Fuck this. And he just, like, went through (laughs) Twin Desert Eagles and finished the game in, like, no time. I was like, are you serious? Like, you just got this and you've already got it finished. It was was fun to watch, though. It was super fun to watch. Yeah. So, uh, when we get into more news on Hitman 3, I'll let you know. Um... Alright, uh, Bethesda is working to remove login requirements for Classic Doom ports. Uh, the surprise release of Classic Doom games on Friday was somewhat spoiled when players discovered what they thought was online DRM. Bethesda dropped a nice surprise at QuakeCon on Friday. The publisher released ports of Doom, Doom 2, and Doom 3 on Switch, PS4, and Xbox One. Unfortunately, players quickly discovered that a Slayer's Club login was required to play. Many were outraged, believing that this was to be some sort of new DRM. Shortly afterward, Bethesda admitted that it did screw up. The login is supposed to be optional, but the games currently require it to let players in. <laughs> Bethesda is working on a fix, which is yet to be released at the time of this writing. Doom Slayer Club offers player rewards for playing Doom and will be available in the upcoming Doom Eternal, so you can see why Bethesda wanted to include it. Um, uh, as of June 27th, uh, update on a new Classic Doom release. The Bethesda Net login requirement was included for the Slayer's Club to reward members for playing the Classic Doom game. The login should be optional and we're working on changing the requirement to, uh, to be optional now. Um, this was of uh, July 29th, so I don't know if there's been a fix for that quite yet. But, um, whoops! Uh, <laughs> I think this is, uh, uh, yeah. But, uh, you know, this I've, I agree with Bethesda. It should be an optional thing. Yeah. Uh, just to be able to get some new stuff on Slayer's Club, I think that, you know, if you want to do that, yes. But if you're not really interested in getting stuff for Doom Eternal, then, you know, login really should be optional. So uh, if it's not been fixed yet, this will be fixed relatively soon, and you will be able to play your uh, Doom Classic stuff offline soon. <laughs> um, last little thing is that Janemba is going to be the last DBZ final unannounced DLC character. The rumors appear to be true. The Janemba DLC for Dragon Ball Fighter Z or Dragon Ball Fighters is now has a store now has a store page. Jeez. 
If you've been paying close attention, you remember that a word of Janemba, a character from Dragon Ball Z film Fusion Reborn, leaked back in May through Xbox. Afterwards, Major Nelson addressed the slip-up, which had been made to sound like Janemba would be available in the next DLC drop, was very much not the case. Uh, now Janemba is officially ticked over from probably coming to a very poorly kept secret, this time via Nintendo UK, which is listed on a product page for the DLC. The DLC includes the playable character as well as five alternate col colors, a lobby avatar, and a stamp. It retails for $3.99 British and should hopefully bring something interesting to an excellent player's roster. With EVO 2019 coming up this weekend, it's a fair assumption that Janemba will, will, will finally be officially unveiled there. Hopefully we'll get a release date on the other characters from the second Fighter Pass, the movie versions of Gogeta and Brawly 2. Um, Bio Broly. See, here's, I, I don't understand why, like, Janemba, of all characters, is going to be added to, to Fighters. Uh, we were discussing this before the podcast, and I kind of wanted to cut myself off before I got into it a little bit more. But, uh, if they are going to start doing stuff in Dragon Ball GT, I don't understand why Pan wasn't an included character in this. Uh, Videl is in there, and she's just fucking human. For God's sakes. Mm. And think about it this way. She has the same hit points as Jiren. I'm going to throw that out there. Videl has the same hit points as Jiren. Whoa. So, if we're going to put everybody on the same equal level and you're going to include Kid Goku from GT, you absolutely can include Pan. I think that's just, yeah. you know, I agree with him. And and there's there's a couple other characters that I would like to see, like Tapo mm -hmm. and Dispa. I think would be like really really cool characters from like from Universe Eleven. I think that Jiren being the only included character from Universe Eleven, I think, is a little bit of a, I don't know, it's a little bit of a letdown since they made Universe Eleven such a big deal in Dragon Ball Super. That you know, I think Dispa and or Dipso. I think I kept like Dispa, Dipso, yeah, Dipso, and and Tapo were like they were huge. They were huge. I mean, Tapo was in like how many episodes? Like 15, 20 episodes, mm -hmm. and not including him at all in Fighters. I think it's like uh, I don't know. I really think that like maybe in the future when they go, all right, here's some announced DLC for the next season. I really hope those characters do show up. I hope some characters from some of the other universes show up, too. Because I think there were some really cool characters. And I think, like, Kefla and uh, Kalafla are definitely... Uh, uh, Kef Kefla, Kalafla, and um, Ka uh, Kaba yeah. can definitely be in in introduced. I mean, they're Saiyans, for God's sake. Kefka? As especially, like, Ka or especially, like, Kale. I think Kale would be perfect. You know, like playing some sort of like meek character, and then all of a sudden you're a legendary Super Saiyan when you do like a level three. Like, woo! I think that'd be really cool. Uh, I think like easily my favorite character from Dragon Ball uh, Dragon Ball Super was Kalifla. I really loved her. She was like just like this super like no holds barred. I don't give a shit, and I'm gonna kick your ass character. I really liked her. Kaba, not so much. I think he was kind of like just. They needed an excuse to give somebody for Vegeta to care about other than his family. 
I think that was kind of a little bit of a throwaway. Tell me I'm wrong, though. Oh, you're a prince, too? Awesome. I know like, shit. Tell, tell me I'm wrong, though. Yeah. Like, Kava was absolutely 100% thrown in there for Vegeta to care about. You know? So, uh, I definitely think that there are a lot of potentials, especially from Dragon Ball Super, for them to bring in some new characters for the next season. Uh, don't get me wrong, I think Janemba is a, is a, is a cool choice. But, uh... I really hope that we get somebody, you know, some more Dragon Ball Super characters after this season. Mm -hmm. I'm sure right, there's so, plenty uh, of other characters that, like, not even from Super or GT, that they could still include in there. Right. Like, even just, like, some joke characters, like Yajirobe. <laughs> yeah. Like, think about it. What about Yajirobe? Why not? You were saying about their hit points. Like, All their hit points should technically be more or less the same. But yeah. it's like so, how much damage you can actually take compared to one guy or another. Right. But again, so, I played like, the newer ones, so yeah. why not? Why not include Yajirobe as like this? Hey, fun character. Street Fighter can have Dan. So why the hell can we have Yajirobe? Damn. <laughs> I mean, I mean, come on. Street Fighter has Dan. <laughs> ah, it's so good. We can have Yajirobe. Why not? So, anyway, so that, that's, uh, that's uh, it for my news. So we're going to move on to the world records. Indeed. And I actually have them this week, and there's a lot. Woo! So, All right. All right, we're going to start off strong with some Quattro Adventure on uh, Super Robin Hood. 5 minutes, 49 seconds by High Rexon. Yo Noid, No Warps in 24 minutes, 30 seconds by Late Night Retro. Uh, we also have Die Hard, Any Percent Beginner, in 1 minute 53.033 seconds <laughs> by 2C+. Uh, next is a game I wasn't aware... It's, it says 1990 on the title screen, it looked like. But it's called Galaxy 5000. Galaxy 5000. can't say I've heard of it, but anyways. It's Any Percent, 44 minutes, 12.44 seconds by 7th Armstrong. It is a racing game. Oh, is it? Hmm. I don't think I've ever seen this either. Okay. It's kind of. It looks like a spiritual or a spiritual uh, predecessor to like something like F Zero or something. Okay. That's kind of cool. Um. Next is Orb 3D. Any percent. Two minutes. Two point five four seconds by Ness Atlas. Uh, World Championship Bowling Trophy 250 points in 3 minutes 18 seconds by She's Chardcore. Um, Super Mario Bros. Warpless 19 uh, minutes and 0.555 seconds by Cosmic. Wow. I'm surprised they had. Like, that's one of those world records that's like. Oof. Yeah. They're going to get they're gonna get that sub 19 eventually. Oh, God, yes. Um, let's see. Next we have Titanic, Any Percent Rose, 12 minutes, 12 seconds by Ritz Blues, 783. Titanic. I know, that's the first thing I thought of when I seen it too. <laughs> Should call this game Bird First Camel. First camel. No one would have <laughs> argued with you. Ah, <laughs> uh, God. Uh, this was updated a couple times. Magic of. Shahrazad, Shahrazad, uh, 100%. At, uh, Shahrazad. ah, fuck. Uh, you know what? I actually pronounced that earlier, and I was like, ah, I'm ready for this. Forgot Shahrazad. Anyways. 
Uh, it's 100%. 1 hour, 40 minutes, 5 seconds by Sath Dresh. Uh, next we have... It's also not... That's not an easy game, by the way. The Magic of Shahrazad. That's no, actually a very I, difficult game. It, it, I've I actually I've played that, and it is very hard. I would imagine it is, but two hours is fucking... That's long as fuck, too. It's a hard... It's a very hard game. Uh, next we have Ice Climbers. Uh, All Mountains Co-op. 36 minutes, 39 seconds by... Uh, Tashiro wow. and Meowing Kitty. Wow. Yeah. Whew. That game also ramps up pretty hard, too. For oh, yeah, it so. does. Uh, next, we have Contra Force Any Percent, 11 minutes, 50 seconds by Red Pepper. Really? Wow. Uh, here's a couple of uh, fun ones. Chippendales Rescue Rangers Any Percent, 9 minutes, 48 seconds, uh, 48.817 seconds by ND Sweet. And Chippendales Rescue Rangers Any Percent Co-op by Andy Swee and Sinister One. Uh, next we have Cheetah Man 2 Any Percent, 4 minutes 13 seconds by Junkyard Dave. <laughs> yeah, I know. Cheetah Man. <coughs> oh, Super Mario Bros. Any Percent, 4 minutes 55.746 seconds really? by Taven Webb 2002. That is really? awesome. Yeah. I can't believe that they actually have new time for that. They have a 455 for it now, yeah. Wow. Um, if you have not watched, uh, uh, I would say go on to YouTube and watch the history of huh. Mario Super Mario Bros. Any percent. Oh my god. Some of the tech that they use in that game is beyond godlike. Yeah, These frame rules. If you haven't heard of frame these, rules before, oh, <laughs> you're going to learn what frame rules are. <laughs> Uh, Alright, so we only have three more left. Uh, next is Bubble Bobble Happy Ending 1 Player. 37 minutes, 45 seconds by Zymond. Really? Yep. Jeez. Uh, anticipation, uh, easy. Uh, 5 minutes, 59 seconds by Ness Cardinality. And our last one is Labyrinth, any percent. <coughs> uh, 30 minutes, 37 seconds by Crit Rocket. Nice. Congratulations to all the new world record holders. And, uh, Stefan, we've gone officially three weeks now. It's three weeks. What's going on? Three weeks what? Oh! We haven't, we haven't <laughs> mentioned Mappy Land. Now, we could have missed it last week, because I heard the podcast no, last, week. last week. I didn't have the world records ready, so... Oh, okay. So... But it's still three weeks. Come on, Mappy Land players. Man, we need to talk about baseball percent and cheese percent. Jeez. I'm missing out, man. I every week I look forward to cheese percent. Cheese percent. All but right. That's not actually what I look forward to every week. I think it's time, isn't it? Oh, I would imagine it is. Yes. Oh, it's time. It's time for your favorite section. It's time for my favorite section. And if it's not your favorite section, there's something wrong with you. <laughs> it's the Steam Cube. Oh, baby. Oh, it's time! Oh, and look at that starting. Kindergarten... Oh, oh, oh no. no, this is starting at... Uh, <laughs> love and awesomeness. Kindergarten 2. <clears throat> Wait, is this, the, is this the same game that had, like, that really dark theme in it? Where there was, like, a hole? Is this the same game? Uh, are you asking me? I don't know. This, oh my god. Alright, maybe I might have seen this game before. I, I, if it's not the same game, please correct me, chat. I don't know if... I don't know. No, this is definitely the same game. 
This is definitely the same game. You remember um, the headmistress there? She seems familiar. Yeah, they, they they make fun of her a lot. They like, yeah, because, yeah, because that the, the sandbox is where the hole was. Mm. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, all right. It's called the for everyone. This is actually a really fun game, and Nugget, Nugget again, Nugget's there again. Yeah, this is definitely the same game. Um, this doesn't look like much, but this is a really fun game. So, if you haven't played the original Kindergarten, it is very, very dark themed. Oh, so, oh, oh. I would definitely give this a try. Uh, yeah, mm -hmm. that's what happens. That's what happens. Jesus. Uh, yep. Wow. Mm -hmm. I was not expecting that, Scott. Yep. <laughs> that's what I said. This game is very dark. It's about Kindergarten, but there's like a lot of like really... <laughs> really dark themes in it so i would i would honestly i would give this series a try if you haven't played it before all right i would say I'm adding it to my wish list on scott's recommendation yep i i honestly think you would like it only because of scotch tape <laughs> uh, warhammer Forty Thousand inquisitor prophecy it's a warhammer game it's going to be either really good because you like warhammer or it's not going to be really good because it's warhammer in other words skip to the next one uh-huh <laughs> collapsed violent indie co-op platformer 2D alright well peak my interest you in had, platformer oh. yeah you had my interest in uh, violent uh, 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 I hate those robotic character uh, fucking models yeah. that they use in some of the indie games that's not my like they yeah. seem like super loose mhm mm and shit, and I'm just like, why do your arms move like that? That's not how people's arms move. Stag. Yeah, I'm very... I wish the art style was a little different. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm not going to say no. It doesn't look like it's terrible. Actually, it looks it like look it has... It bad. Don't get me wrong. It's just I'm not a big fan of the art style. Me too. And that's that's a big thing for me, as most mm -hmm. people do know. So. <laughs> oh, fuck Yes. Official game of the Ashes, Cricket 19. Oh shit, let's supersize this. Look at Peter Cashel, fucking home flag is there. Shit, Australia. God damn, you ready for some cricket? Cricket? For that fucking ball. You gotta, know what a, you gotta know what a crumpet is to understand cricket. Mm hmm. Actually, I enjoy crumpets more so than English muffins. <laughs> Never mind. <laughs> oh, I'm minding. I'm minding that my might, crumpets, sir. That quote. Oh, he hit that wicket! Oh, boy, he hit that wicket! Six points. Four point! Oh, Karate Champ was the fucking gear back in the day. <laughs> what the fuck are you talking about? Karate Champ, the arcade game. You get two fucking joysticks. I know. I know what you're talking about. I don't know why why this is coming up during cricket. Don't worry about it. We're not playing. No, hold on. <laughs> okay, I didn't. Okay, ignore. Definitely going on to the recommendations. No. You can make Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle references. Remnant from the Ashes. Wait. We did Remnant already. That's what I was saying. Actually, I, I talked. We did it last week, and I talked about it. Yeah. They, they were all. This was on your Steam queue last week that we didn't get to see it, and I talked about it. Wow. This is a new this is a new MMO RPG. It's coming out. It looks pretty cool. Yeah, I think it's in. I think they said it's in alpha or it's in beta or something like that. Or coming out of alpha and beta and soon to be released. So, uh, lots of good reviews on it. So I would uh, definitely, if you like, Ooh. like the, the running, 
shooting MMORPGs. Give it a try. This is called a short hike. I was about to cover this, but I, I didn't know how much it well how well it would be received. But I'm actually glad we're looking yeah, at that because this is awesome. I, I love the graphics style. Mm -hmm. I was just about to say, and that's really cool that you get to fly around as a bird. And you don't just like, oh, I'm just going to just stand here and start flying. It's like, no, you have to catch a wind in order to fucking fly around, which is, it <laughs> makes is, sense. This is a game about when, it's a game about when Revali's Gale is constantly available. For those of you who've played Breath of the Wild. No. Scott keeps rubbing his switchness. He's like, hey, Nintendo. <laughs> you got any Switch door stops? Switch <laughs> So a short hike. This is by Adam Grew. I'm sorry if I butchered your name, sir. It, I do like this cute adventure exploration type games and relaxing. Mm -hmm. This is like animals crossing kind of style kind of stuff. Uh, mm -hmm. Like Robin needs to see this. Robin. Ah, uh, she doesn't know. <laughs> All right. It's on the wish list. Is the Positron X. Let's have a gawk at your... What? Stop. Uh, wait. I've seen that gun sober before. Uh, no. You call it Call of Duty. Uh, no. 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 Yeah. I'm sorry, guys. It's just I, I'm not into FPS games. It's not my thing. Deep Space Anomaly. No, I like space stuff, and Scott likes FPS or FPS. Fuck. Shoot 'em ups. Oh shit! What the? F this looks like a fucking weird 360. Just travel through random space. Shooters. Oh boy. Yeah, I find there's usually just too much shit going on and too much RNG. For this kind of stuff. I'll have to update you. I'll have to update you about. I uh, I've been playing Nova Drift a little bit. This is uh, this is this is really similar. Oh yeah. Mm -hmm. Good stuff. Alright, middle wolf. Oh, Devolver Digital? Alright. Wait. Alright, Devolver is already. So it's good. <coughs> From software. You didn't even let me. Oh. I'm not a speed reader. It's bad enough I'm a speed runner. I can't do both. Fuck. Hey, it's Mother Cannon from Final Holy Fantasy. Shit. Okay. Oh, there, there's even Ruby Weapon. <laughs> Ruby Weapon. Alright, so it's a mech game. Okay. Oh, this is reminiscent to like PS1, PS2. Oh, kind. yeah, Armored, uh, Armored Core. Yeah, this looks actually not that bad. This looks pretty good. Yeah, actually, it does, <laughs> it, it does have like that Armored Core mm -hmm. feel. And I don't know if you played some Armored Core, but Armored Core's a pretty good game. I'm usually not into this type of game, but this looks 
kind of fun. Yeah, that, that's the same thing for me. It's like, I don't really like mech stuff, but Armored Core was a really good game, and I did play a decent amount of games. <laughs> a friend of mine was really, really, really into this shit. He's like, you gotta play Armored Core, and I'm like, I don't like mech stuff. Have you, you should really try this. Have you ever played any of the Gundam oh, fighting games? I have not. There's one for the PlayStation that I won on a huge Gundam prize with much music up here. And um, one of the things was the PlayStation version uh, of Gundam, a fighting game. It took me a while to understand how to play it, and I didn't have a PlayStation, so it took me a while to get to play is it. it. The, uh, is this one with uh, Big Sam? Uh, yes, it does, yeah. Hey, Big Sam. Wow, it looks like the like all of the environments are destructible. Yeah. This looks great. Just, I, I, I would really I actually cool. play yes, this. It does. Good job. Yes, it does. Oh, it's not out yet. Of course. And of course, Do uh, Devolver Digital, you know, big surprise. I mean, develop, I mean, yeah. I mean, yeah. Looks good. Definitely we'll have to keep an up or keep Space an eye on for that. Okay. All right. Uh, See, me and Steve were nerd over something like this. What what is that that big MMO that's in space? What the hell? Is oh, that? I know which one you're talking about. There's a lot of people playing it now. Uh, What's that? No. No. Oh, Eve. Oh, that's not the one I was thinking of either. Is it Eve or? God damn it! It's the one that's been around like fucking forever. Oh no, I'm not. We're not thinking the same. It's just a new one that's kind of like that. Uh, I think I'm thinking of of Eve though. Rings of Saturn. All right. Fucking play. The unexpected discovery of valuable minerals in the Rings of Saturn sparked a thriving space ex or excavation industry. Whoa, 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 whoa! Uh, rocks or just a mining vehicle? I mean, so isn't there that? Uh, is this kind of like FTL? <coughs> I don't know if it is. Sort I would of. play the shit out of it because me and Steve have been playing that a lot recently as well. Kind of, it kind of gives me like that FTL feel, you know? What yeah. I'm well, we don't get to maybe actually I'm... fly in FTL. It's just yeah, you transport to yeah. different systems and that's it. But uh, there's no exploration. Usually, it's just fighting in situations. But this is kind of cool. Does look pretty neat. Again, see stuff like this. I won't put it on my ignore, but I won't put it on my wish list yeah. because it's it's like I don't know if someone gave me a copy of it or if the like the dev sent me a copy, I'd give it a go. That. But I mean, like I'm not gonna go out of my way to buy it. That's the thing. So, which is probably not something they want to hear. But hey, if it's good, then I'll, I'll let other people watch it. What is up with these fucking weird space games today? What? It's because I've been playing FTL. God damn it! Yep. Should've been playing Dead Cells <laughs> some more, and then I would have had like cool Q. You guys would be all like, "Oh, World Gamers got cool games against what a guy." That's all. Like, oh, World Gamers got a bunch of fucking games that I want to play. What, what the fuck, man? Yeah, this is definitely not something I would no. play. This looks fucking. No. I want nothing to do with it. <laughs> yes, I'm finished. Uh, Alright, that's fine. We can get into news. So, we, I, I guess we we had one of those 50 50s since, like, the queue before was super good, and last week's queue 
we unfortunately got to miss, but it was not that good, so you guys didn't miss anything, trust me. Last week's queue was the hottest of garbage, so... <laughs> you didn't miss out on much, trust me. There was a couple good games, but... Anyways, uh, gonna go into my news. Escape from Dinosaur Island DX. It's a browser-based ZX Spectrum-styled adventure game. So, uh, a lot of times, uh, the ZX Spectrum games are kind of just very hit or miss. Usually with misses. <laughs> so, <laughs> this one actually looks interesting because it's one of these visual styled adventure games, which, again, I'm a nerd. So, um, I like that kind of stuff. Alright, so... Escape from Dinosaur Island DX is now available to play in your browser. This game, which is also coming to a ZX Spectrum near you very soon, is a typing text-based adventure game as a deluxe edition of Escape from Dinosaur Island by Richard Pettigrew. And the name sounds familiar. Yeah, the name sounded really familiar when I heard it as well. We might have mentioned oh, it in I another... Um, I like these sort. I like these sort of things. Like, like, I like the text-based adventures, but like when they actually have visuals, yeah. I like them a lot. Oh god, yes, that's what made Shadowgate so fucking awesome. Yes, so. yes. We don't really have much more to talk about on this, but again, it's a text-based. It has some visuals. It looks like it could be a lot of fun. Mm -hmm. Personally, I would play the shit out of this. <laughs> mm -hmm. Alright, the Isle of the Cursed Prophet, Icon64, announces a new C64 game with footage. Alright, let's watch Take this one. Oh. Okay. Oh. It's just C64, you said? Yeah. I like that can go on a diagonal there, that's kind of nice, yeah. Really nice. The graphics look kind of clear. I like that too. That's yeah, it it like it doesn't take much to make some like detail, which is nice. I would prefer like a little bit more. Okay, well, just absolutely stop me and everything that I was saying right in the middle of saying it. So <laughs> never mind. I was just about to say that I would have preferred like an, a little bit extra on the color palette, and literally the colors changed. I'm like, oh. <laughs> Alright, never mind then. Like it, like, it read my mind on exactly what I was talking mm -hmm. about. But I guess it's probably easier for C64 to put it down a lot of grass than it is to, like, have yeah, textures, yeah, yeah. Most different types of, you know, color stuff, so. Alright, if you're looking for even more C64 games to play, then you've come to the right place, as we've just come across a new post on the Icon64 Facebook page that they are working on a brand new game called The Isle of the Cursed Prophet. Sadly, we don't have any working links for you to download, as the game is a very recent mention, but we do have is a rather nice teased footage, which coincides with the news announcement of today. Icon64 hasn't really said much about The Isle of the Cursed Prophet, but from the look of the game above, it looks like it might be a dark, foreboding RPG set on a creepy island, lots of places to visit, including outdoors and inside rooms. As soon as we know more, of course, we will give you the heads up. I mean, it looked pretty good, so... For C64, it looked, uh... Like I, like I said, as soon as I was about looked about to say, like, Hey, was it, the color palette could use some change. Change the color palette. Alright. Alright. 
Alright, yeah, we're good. Alright, so, next up we have Yoomp! OCS! Amiga version of Yoomp! Also teased as an OCS version. Uh, even more Amiga news today as we just contacted by Solo that Zbigniew Ross, author of Yoomp64, is also working on an Amiga port of the game, which is more catered for users owning Amiga OCS or above the minimum 14 megahertz processor and some not precise fast RAM memory. Now, some of you might remember this game, that's because Yoomp64 was released last year by RGCD and Cytronic Software on the C64 as a port of the fantastic Atari XE XL game. If the game is going to be a port of the original C64 version with uh, crossed over features in both of these Amiga versions, if released, then they will feature gaming mechanics in which you need to bounce a ball through many different three-dimensional textured tubes to collect as many points as you can while trying not to fall off the edge. Alright. Oh, I guess like you probably spin the tube around and keep, or maybe the ball one or the other. No, probably the tube. Oh, whoa, no, it's the ball that moves? What? What? Maybe you can move both. If you can do both, that's gonna be fucking crazy. Yeah, that would be cool. What? Okay, so they're teasing us with some stuff. That's cool. At least we get to see a little bit of it. Uh, it's one of those kind of, I don't know, like I said, it's more of a skill puzzle. It's a puzzle looking game, which means I would yeah, like it. It's like a skill puzzle game, so. Yeah, yeah, that's that's my that's my cup of tea right there. Yeah, if they could throw in some, like, uh, was it uh, Rhythm? gaming into it. That's what I'm... Yeah, 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 there you go. Now you're talking. <laughs> now you're talking. Bring it as close to DDR as possible, <laughs> and then you got me going. Alright, up next we have Legends of Amberland, 90s inspired crawler by Silver Lemur Games gets a full release. Just this alone right here makes me want to go jerk off in a corner. God damn. <laughs> uh, Alright, anyways... <laughs> Sorry, I apologize. But you're going to have more great news today as we've just been informed through our Dungeon Crawling Facebook group that Legends of Amberland by Silver Lemur Games <coughs> excuse me, is out on Early Access and now at version 1.0 on Steam. This rather nice looking crawler that was mentioned previously on our site is a classic western solid RPG that is inspired by great games from the 90s such as Dungeon Master, Eye of the Beholder 2, Might and Magic's 3 through 5, Crystals of Arborea, and even the Gold Box series. Champions of Prin, Dark Queen of Prin, etc. Let's have a look. <coughs> oh, it's almost got like a, a Doom like dungeon kind of go thing to it. Okay, this is cool. Yeah, this is a lot of like my magic, actually. Glorfindor. Yeah. Glorfindor. A big party, though. Mm-hmm. Seven people. Oh, okay. Oh, that's cool. That's cool. Oh, look at your mini-map up there. Fuck. This game is awesome. Look at you, you can see him from so far away. 
Oh, you went into his cave. That was that was your own dumb fault. Why aren't you killing the guy next to you? Oh shit! You just destroyed him. Oh, Put under his cave. So into this right now. I told you. Oh, there was a warm cape there. It makes you warm. Well, see, look, and now we're in a winter biome. Boom. Oh, oh shit, swamp. Holy shit, there's a lot of different spots. Yeah, there is. Please tell us castles, dungeons, everything. Even bright portals. Blup. Oh, wow. Oh, oh baby. Oh, watch it for Agri. Wait. That's not right. That, what? That did not feel like two minutes. That did not feel like right. two minutes. Holy shit. Alright. Um, looks pretty good. My only complaint is that it's a little pricey. It's $20. Mm, depending on how big the game is. That's what I'm <coughs> saying. It's like... There seems to be it seems to be like heavily positively reviewed. And they're saying it's a huge uh, open world, so that as long as the open world part of it has as much value to it as the game is priced at, then that's all that really matters. What I'm looking at is that they say on average it's thirteen hours. Jesus. That's still not bad. Yeah, for a game like that, thirteen hours is actually pretty good. Especially if you can like like, is it the same map every time, or is it RNG? Oh, I'm not sure. I'm not sure. Legend of Emerald set in a fairytale mythical world that puts you and a number of companions in a quest to fight the force of evil. You'll travel the world however you wish, as the game will be non-linear, with quests that can be chosen in any order to finish the game, giving you giving the game a more lifelike feel, letting you explore it as you wish. As for the main features to whet your appetite, Legends of Emerald features classic many degree rotation first person turn based tile movement Pro, uh, party based control a huge open world fast paced combat with no grinding characters to talk to loot to find and much more oh yeah I, I'd give this a go it does look pretty it does nice. look super like, nice like graphically I think it's like Pretty up there with like that's that genre of RPG. Yeah, definitely. And if not slightly ahead because they can do this 3D yes. stuff. Mm -hmm. Looks it, nice. It does indeed. Alright. Next we have Chopper Command C64. Exclusive work in progress screenshots from Antonio Savona. <coughs> I don't think much has to be said here. Oh, oh Bird vs. Camel came off the ground. Whoa. Okay, and you can turn around and stuff. Nice. Bird vs. Camel came off the ground. Bird vs. So this is like bird versus bird versus bird. Bird versus bird. Bird versus bird, and no one would argue with you. Where <laughs> the enemies? Many raster splits to make up for the lack of colors on the mountains. The Atari VCS has 128 colors and can do gradients. For C64, I had to improvise. Oh, damn. Yeah, I would imagine. Although, you know what? I will say that the, the, 
Just the simple background and stuff still looks pretty cool. It yes, it does. For what he's going yes, for, does. yeah, this is really nice. And it, it does give a good atmosphere for like a game of this style with like chopper combat. Mm -hmm. The background does does give a very nice feel to a game that that I don't want to say simplistic, but like something as like you know what you're yeah. doing here. You know what this is about. The other thing is, so, if you look at this, the, this part of the background moves really fast, while the clouds further away move slower to give it like a more realistic feel. Right, like you're like actually looking at a horizon. Yeah. That's really cool. I like this. This is nice. This is one of these games where you can sit down and drink a few beer and just pound it out with a buggy yep. and just and yeah, have a good old fucking time. <laughs> oh man! All right. We got one more from the retro, indie retro news. Jet Hunt, a new AGA Amiga hero-inspired game from Coagulus. The start screen looked impressive, so let's have a look here. It's about the gameplay. What's oh, 11 minute video too? Crap. Oh yeah, we've had them longer than that. Usually, it's the start takes forever. See. Oh, here we go. Here's the start of the game. Jet Hunt. Oh, my guy's got. Jeez. Yeah. A bit of information. That's cool, though. I mean, hey, someone's getting their story out there while they're giving you a game. That's nothing wrong with that. <laughs> Whoa. Okay, I don't think you need to have Jet Hunt superimposed in the background there. Holy jumping Jesus. Although, I do like the text that's on the right. main part that. Whoa. I am getting ready. Oh, Bomberman! I can play this. <laughs> what what are you doing? What the f. What? I'm pretty sure. What you do in this game is you find the blue people and they will give you blowjobs. That is. What the? Oh yeah, time for. Oh yeah, let's get out of here. I need another one. <laughs> I'm sorry, I went there. That's what happens. Oh, you dead boy! You get. The lasers look super hard to use. Oh, damn. Oh, oh, Jesus. Alright, it happened again. So, this is... Interesting. Yeah, the only thing is that it looks like it's very repetitive. It doesn't look like the challenging yeah. ramps up too much there. There's too much of the same thing. Just, oh, jump down. What happens here? Do you kill stuff? Do you bomb a thing? Do you fall... Fall down again. Alright, kill stuff, to, you know. Yeah, but like, you get a blowy at the end of the level, <laughs> so you got that to look forward to. Hey, that would have been great back in those days. <laughs> you have to like try and crank it like for five seconds, ten seconds. <laughs> After each level, it's like, oh, I'm gonna get there, I just gotta finish these levels faster. That's how you become a real speedrunner. <laughs> 
Yeah, right. Alright. Anyways. <laughs> indie horror under leaves you stranded on a sinking ship. Oh. I'm already I'm already no bueno on this. We're gonna leave this small screen so I don't have to be scared. I mean oh. Alright, first of all, let me let me throw something out there. Me and horror games, I don't really get along. No. I have three videos on my YouTube channel of me playing Five Nights at Freddy's. <laughs> and I don't think I have been more of a little bitch at any time in my life than when I was playing those games, alright? So, second of all, this is a horror game, and it's about being on a sinking ship. Yeah, that's pretty terrible. Let me tell you, let me tell you about, like, some of, like, my... Those things that wake you up at night when, you know, you, the, the nightmares that you have were, like... Man, I felt like I was dying. It, like, this scenario, on its own, is, like, one of those, like... I shoot up in bed because, like... Ugh, uh, Yeah, no, I wouldn't be able to play this. But I know that there's people out there who would love to know about this. Oh, yeah, yeah, Plus, yeah. the whole thought of, like, you're on a singing ship, and I'm like, Jesus. That, like, adds to it even more, makes it worse. Mm-hmm. Anyways, that's all. I just wanted to show the game real quick. I'm not really super interested. I mean, don't get me wrong. It looks, it looks, it looks Oh, fine. it looks great. Just, yeah, I mean. Just, like, like, the premise of it, it's just like, ugh, yeah, I would ugh. not be able to play it. Now. It gives me the stomach. This Neon City Riders brings 2D pixel adventure to Blade Runner streets. Oh, oh, Scott. Oh, let's go take oh, a yeah. look at this. Do, 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 do. See, this, this looks pretty good. And again, I don't usually go for the top-down shooter type games, but this has, like, puzzle mechanics and stuff to it, too. And yeah. Oh, shit. Okay, big old gator boss and stuff, too, Scott. Oh, damn. Oh. Oh, it looks Wait, so it good. Oh, man. And you can get it for Switch. I have to give it a try. Looks pretty <laughs> fun, honestly. And also, I believe that the, you know, by what I saw, I might have to just be judging by the hair. But so, what is it called? Neon, Neon? City Riders, originally successfully kickstarted in 2016, has bundled together all these wonderful elements in a 2D action adventure due to be released in 2020. Developed and published by Mexico-based indie Mecha Studios, Neon City Riders cast the player as Rick. Masked man on a mission. Crumbling neon world. Ah, I did judge it wrong. What? I did judge it wrong. Oh. I judged because of hair, and it's a guy. Oh. No, he's all like, oh, I don't want to play this anymore. No, I still want to play it. It still <laughs> looks really good. Rumble of Neon City. Rick can hover, uh, hoover up, sorry, collectibles, superpowers, and even companions to help him in his plight. Each leader has captured their fair share of Rick's family and friends. 
So with every death comes the release of people back to the wild streets. The game aims to have uh, a light narrative tone, but is not afraid to stray in, uh, into some of the darker sides of cyberpunk, one filled with BDSM fetishes and vanilla ice impersonators, apparently. I don't know how I feel about that. <laughs> <clears throat> Alright, so the world is littered with inhabitants to talk to and contains multiple story threads to unravel. The map is open world, so if you want to explore this pixelated beauty at length, it's absolutely your oyster. As well as dash and parry-led combat. Oh, okay, there are also plenty of puzzles to solve within the environment itself, and of course, all this set to an 80s-inspired soundtrack. This is like River City Ransom, except more top-style, top like top-down instead of, um, fucking, what is it? 2D fucking back and forth. God damn it, I can't fucking think of the words, Scott. You're not helping. I'm not sure I'm following you. Uh, you know how River City Ransom, you go left to right? Uh, you, you cut out there for a second. River City River Ransom. City Ransom. And how you go left to right. Uh-huh. Yeah, this is like that, except it's instead of going left to right, it's anywhere, pretty oh, much. Oh, you got the, the, the isometric 3D? Yes. Well, I, I wasn't on with that. Anyway, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. <laughs> I, I know what you're saying. Like, it gives up that, it's like, enter the gungeon, sort of those sort of things. Mm -hmm. What is it? All right, our next game... Once Upon a Coma. Once Upon a Coma's dark fairy tale has serious Hollow Knight vibes. Let's have a look, shall we? Okay. This could be like very intricate art style. Like Hollow Knight. You did was. say Hollow Knight, so. Yeah. You did say Hollow Knight, so I'm already interested. His name is Pete. His book was gray. Until he found a friend one day. Okay, not exactly like Hollow Knight. But... The art style's pretty close, though. Looks like they they're working more with the the story with it as well too, though. And the atmosphere yeah, yeah. is fucking amazing as well, like the rain and stuff. And holy fuck! Okay, now this is getting more hardcore. All right. Whoa. Yeah. Like now that, that's a bit ass bird with three titties. What the <laughs> fuck's going on there? Dude, fucking best day ever. That's what's going on there. The three titty bird. Yeah. Like, think about ooh. it. You come Thanksgiving time. Oh man. <laughs> he wants some. I would give rest. this a try. This looks pretty neat. Just keep some butter between those tits. What about this Halloween? Uh, oh, it's Halloween. Damn. Guess I got Right. It did look pretty cool though, so I definitely want to give that a try. With Pinstripe, Thomas Rush's first game, uh, he perfected the Night Before Christmas inspired journey through hell. Now building on the skills shown in his first foray, Rush enters the world of nightmares with a combat style that looks straight out of Hollow Knight and dialogue that gets us thinking about Night in the Woods. The game's protagonist has rather unfortunately found himself in a coma, but worse still, when he wakes, the world is not as it used to be. 
follow the screams to Blackford Asylum, Black Fork Asylum, and you'll find out more about Pete's strange past and the even stranger present he's found himself within. Along with Black Fork Asylum, there are five other illustrated dreamscape levels to explore where you'll find plenty of bosses, monsters, and bloodthirsty grown-ups. Don't worry, you've got a baseball bat and some childhood pals to back you up, all with the aim of finding out the truth behind your coma. Once upon a coma's demo has done per uh, particularly well at conferences. It was selected at PAX West in 2017 for the Indie Mega Booth and won Games Choice at SXSW in 2018. Now the full game is ready to uh, be released, and although no date is officially yet, uh, it will be this year, perhaps even Halloween, judging by the end of the trailer. And there is a Steam page, so if you want to go check that out, go and give it a look. I don't think you'll be too disappointed. Uh, at first, I, I was like, oh, I don't know how I feel about this. But then when you started to see what the, the game world was going to be like, yeah, yeah. that was... it. it yeah, you really kind of cool. want to know what else is going on. You kind of want to know what the story is. So. Yeah. Why is there a big-ass bird with three titties? <laughs> I must know. We want to have a good Thanksgiving. All right, so our next one here... <laughs> It's just a chicken with all <laughs> <rest>. <laughs> Nugget and Penny's Adventure Machine. A wild adventure built for two. So, you're looking for your next co-op game? Uh, Nugget and Penny's Adventure Machine is built exactly for two people who are ready for their next big journey. They'll have to be masters of cooperation to ensure each other's safety in some of those wacky challenges. Players will be assuming the roles of Nugget and Penny, two spherical children whose flying contraption has crash-landed in a mysterious and dangerous place. I have to recover the missing parts to repair your machine in order to return home. Unfortunately, this world has quite a few unfriendly creatures. You have to put your heads together and even pick your friend up when passing through some uh, passing through from some giant problems. Let's watch the trailer, shall we? It's not super. Bad. I the, the name Nugget just gets me though. Every time. Makes you want to go to McDonald's. It uh, doesn't. No. I like chicken nuggets. I never Why, did. What the? What the? This fuck? is a different type of art saw. So. so is this all in these kids' imagination? I guess. Could be. Oh my gentle Jesus! It's a co-op game for two. Uh oh! I didn't know what that was. Guys, it <laughs> it is a co-op game for two. Hmm. A co-op game What's wrong with you? for two. Yeah. I'm just throwing that out There's, there. You might not have to be two-player. I don't know. That'd be really weird if they made a day you could only play a two-player. <laughs> Single-player co-op. Well, I mean, no, the other one being NPC would do stuff that you'd tell them to do or something. Or you'd I mean, switch I between the two. But my, my, general, my general thought of when I hear the word co-op is that I'm playing with another human being. <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just throwing that out there. I'm just, I'm just saying. Unless I've not really known what co-op means. <laughs> Anyways... Anyway, our next one you might like this one a little bit better, and uh, this is uh, an Indie Games Plus first look of Herga Hug. Uh, it's called Her. 
All right, let's look at I mean, the trailer. How, how because else do you say that? Hey, gang. Yeah, I think you're going to be interested in this, uh, Scott. It is a shmup. Ooh. And I fucking love and it's, the graphics. And its name is... Horror! Horror hug! Jesus. Yeah, that's a perfect name for a... That's a perfect name for a game. Here we go. Oh, wow. Oh, okay. I like that. I don't know if I've seen that in, in other shmups. I don't play shmups enough, so I wouldn't be able to say. But that, that where an enemy goes into the water and then comes back out like that, like flying ships. Oh, uh, maybe. I don't know. Oh. This looks cute. Whoa. Like you got a little dog dude came out and helped you for a minute. That's cool. Whoa. Alright, this, yeah, this doesn't look too bad. Yeah, this looks really cool. I like this. The different layers that they have on this it looks oh, awesome. Oh, busted. Looks really awesome. Oh, here comes the dog dude again. What is he doing? Damn, this is a long... It's like a 12-minute oh. video, too, by the way, so we can't watch this oh, forever. Oh, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Oh, shit. All right, All right. so now it's getting in some... Uh, a a small stuff. amount yeah, of bullet yeah. hell stuff. Yeah, that's kind of cool. All right, yeah, I, can, I yeah. appreciate that. Yeah. Oh, that's straight out of Gradius. Mm-hmm. Oh, man! All right, dude. This looks good. Yeah, cool. This looks really good. All right. So, for those who, who are trying to say, like, what in the fuck are you saying with Horga Hugha? And you're like, I don't know what the... Because you, some people are going to be just listening. It's spelled H-O-R-G-I-H-U-G-H. I could see it being called Horga uh, so basically, it's a shoot 'em up game. You're a cute little like dog in a uh, little red plane, and it it has some good classic shoot 'em up things. And it looks like there could be some new stuff that they might have added that's just slightly different. Like I said, I haven't seen where enemies move up and down, and then like if there's water, they go into the water and then come back out. I would have thought, like, oh, they went into the water, they're gone. And same thing like what happened to the character was they got hit by the one that came back up. So, yeah, that's that's pretty cool. Uh, who the fuck is it? Horgi, I, I would think it's Horgi Hugh. Oh, Hor Hor yeah, that's right. Horgi Hugh. Hor Horgi Hugh. Or I don't know why we didn't see the, the name it's Hugh. A, it's, a, it's a dog. <laughs> Yeah, Alright, so while more than capable of challenging players who are looking for a difficult shmup, it is quite relaxing this early look. The stages are filled with all manner of mechanical menaces, but there is plenty of breathing room between shots to get your bearings and get a handle on combat and movement. This is nice as it gives you lots of time to learn all the various weapons you can pick up, steadily building an arsenal of shots that you'll be firing at your foes all at once. Nothing feels quite like spraying beams in all directions in a shmup, I tell you. <laughs> it's all pretty damn cheerful and cute too. Your similar dog pilot in a biplane may seem like an unusual hero, but that grim just makes you want to save the world for them. 
That you can also get a cat in a plane to back you up as a power-up only adds to that heartwarming charm. The game's atmosphere seems to quickly grow dark after the first few screens of Abby's skies, though, so perhaps these pleasant creatures will soon find themselves in unpleasant circumstances. Still, the game's sharp controls will help you keep the gang in fighting shape. If not, a weapon shop that offers shields and power-ups may help you cater the game more to your style so that you can survive. It offers a lot of tools to help you see the game's end. Horgyu is cute and a lot of fun to play, offering a relaxed shmup for those who might want something that starts off a little calmer. It'll be interesting where it goes uh, from here, though. I definitely uh, yeah, like this background right here looks fucking amazing. It looks good. Uh, yeah, I, I would play this. And again, I don't really like shoot-em-ups. Shmups. So... And it is available on Steam now. There. Mm. Oh. It's called Horgy Hugh because the main character is a Corgi. Uh, and his name's probably Hugh. Anyways, Chogue turns chess into a roguelike dungeon crawler. Oh. So, I had to look at this because I was just like, what? So. Choke sounds like something you call somebody you don't like. Yeah, you fucking choke. <laughs> choke is a little bit chess for <laughs> movement, a little bit rogue for combat and dungeon layouts, which can make for some nasty surprises for your vulnerable king. Choke sends you down to some checkerboard labyrinths with danger lying just out of your line of sight. Maybe you can send your rook down a corridor to see what's all the way down the end of that hallway, or just have a pawn slowly creep its way into a room so you don't lose anyone valuable. <laughs> to the bishop that could be waiting just out of sight and at an angle to your entry. The pieces all move exactly as they do in chess except you have to add a problem of not being able to see where the opponents might be lurking. That is an actual really fucking cool idea. Also you're welcome us buddy. Now I want to see a trailer. Because we, we get the gist yeah, of what, what the game is right now. So it's only 26 seconds long. Obviously, it's everything moves like regular chess. Oh wow! Okay. Oh, and there's a lot of sight on oh, so far. You ex you explore the dungeon as you go. Uh -huh. Wow. Oh shit. Oh, that's right? neat. That's what I'm saying. Oh, that's really And so, neat. like, different... They'll keep putting you in different dungeons so that you, like... It's, like, different new ways of playing chess. Yeah, that's, that's fucking really amazing. Neat. Yeah, that's cool as shit. Alright. So, yeah. Go yeah. check that out. Chogue. Is what it's called. Alright, our next game, Text Parser Mystery. The Crimson Diamond hides its secrets among the buried cast. Somebody at the Crimson Lodge knows something about this huge diamond that's been found in town. You'll just need to uncover their secret to figure out who it is. Nancy, an amateur geologist, finds herself doing some unexpected detective work when she heads to Crimson, Ontario to look into an... Oh, nice, it's Canadian-based. <coughs> Crimson, Ontario, to look in at a huge diamond that's been found. To figure out the truth behind this colossal gem, she'll have to work over the cast of the Crimson Diamond, listening in on conversations, taking notes about the interactions with one another, and interrogating them herself. 
All with you typing out the correct commands, that is. That's not the only mystery that's afflicting this time, either. Depending on the sleuthing abilities, you might find the characters have, a more, have more problems than you can solve. Doing this might take you to some secret areas around the lodge in town, revealing more information about the place and the characters inhabiting it. Or possibly put you in trouble with some of the more nefarious folks involved in this diamond mystery. So, yeah, I don't know anything about a diamond, but I could tell you about my erectile dysfunction. Apparently, this is the Stefan and Steve nerd out fucking podcast episode. Like, everything has been stuff that just me and Steve would just play for a fucking hour. Right. So let's have a look at this because this looks like it could be a fun, like almost point and click, or even just a typing. Again, oh, again. That's like the graphics. Yeah, big old maple leaf. This is so old school looking. I'm fucking loving this. Yes, it is. So much detail. How you doing, Kimmy? I look like I have. N I have. Oh, you have to look in a basket. Look at your inventory. Look in different rooms. This is fucking great, dude. Oh, you can even switch to a graphical inventory? That's cool. This is giving me indigestion. This is giving me indigestion. Ooh. Oh, this looks good. Oh, it does. It does look like something from Sierra. Mm -hmm. Whoa. Oh. Uh oh. Oh my goodness. Oh shit. Well, that's. That's See? a way to leave it at the end. Jesus. Uh huh. Well. Before something unfortunate happens to you. Damn. See what, see what, see what happens when you don't take care of Grandpa's erectile dysfunction? He goes in and kills you. <laughs> Stop talking about diamonds, you bitch! That was crazy, though, the way she just got murdered in the shower. Holy shit. Well. Alright. Anyways, our next game. Critters for Sale. An unsettling one-bit adventure in horrifying folklore. <laughs> unsettling one-bit Alright, so this was a little That's strange, a but I'm going to cover this. Inspired by North African and Middle Eastern folktales, Critters for Sale takes you to some disturbing places through various short stories. Critters for Sale is slated to offer five different short stories to where out now that put you in the shoes of various characters, whether on a journey through the Arabian Desert or into the unending halls of a strange nightclub, you'll find yourself drawn into a, the dark magic and strange realities of a modern folklore. It's like a wandering dream, a dream where nothing can happen, but most likely you'll find a gruesome end. It's crazy when they use one bit. Just the black and white. Right? It makes it look creepier. Each story will have, uh, have you working your way through surreal events, struggling to survive them when you're not even sure how to do so. Will taking a goat with you help? What? Should you follow Cat's instructions in an endless nightclub? Sounds silly. Oh, my power just gets crazy. Sounds silly, but when you put it like that, but there is a chilling atmosphere in each place. Given that this game is inspired by the kind of folklore that one would think shouldn't be told to children, it only makes sense that 
it has this harshness to it. You know what? All old kids' tales were all horrifying, even the ones that we had. <laughs> uh, Grimm's fairy tales, like most of the stuff, like they have, like you know, like the children-friendly stuff. Oh yeah, like oh yeah, cool. But at the end, everybody's happy. Yeah. Like Cinderella, like Cinderella is one of those grim fairy tales. Like, have you ever actually read the story? Like, like there's one stepsister pretty... cut off her toes so she could try and fit into cut off her feet. Know, yeah, there's like, crazy stuff. So yeah, like, our, our like, fairy tales oh and our children's really tales like... are no worse or better than anybody else's. Believe me, no matter what part of the world they come from. Oh yeah. Anyways, I'm gonna move on. Here's something that I really wanted to look at because I'm pretty sure Scott's gonna want to play this. I'm pretty sure I've also mentioned this oh, yeah. one before. And another podcast, possibly. Are we, are we going to load, or are you just... This is our last news segment as well, by the way. <laughs> We're not going to load. Here we no go. Value. Record of Lodas War. Oh, Record yeah, of the Lodas War. Record of Lodas War. Oh. Platformer really? heading to early access later this year. Indeed, right in the very first screen. Yep. How to, <laughs> uh, how, to, how to sell it. Show Deedlet in the first the screen. The based on the regular Lotus War franchise, a set of Japanese novels that sparked a popular anime TV series, is heading to Steam Early Access this year and is targeting a spring 2020 it. release date. This is, the game, simply called Record of Lotus War, is a 2D action platformer starring the high elf Deedlet. Deedlet? You can check out some of the mm. art and gameplay in a trailer mm. below. Oh, I will. I will check it. All the outs, I will check. How to sell a record of a Lotus War game? Just immediately just throw D-Link <laughs> right into it. Yeah. <laughs> Artwork. Look at my sword. Shining just like you know. Okay, no, I'm cool with the artwork and stuff. It's cool. Yes, that this is. Oh, wait. Oh, I want to go back to that. Okay, how about some gameplay, please? Huh. Oh. Oh, no. Oh, my God. Oh, oh my no. God. Dude. <laughs> oh, Scott is. He's going to cream his jeans. Oh, no. Oh. It's basically female Symphony of the Night, and Scott is pooping himself right now. Oh, oh no! Yes. <laughs> Game Hunter. Okay, this is bot. Oh, I need. Yeah, I wouldn't mind watching this. anime. I should have a. Um, if anyone in my Discord uh, needs a link to watch it, let me know, and I can give you one. Oh, I need this game in my life. Just remind me after podcast. <laughs> oh my god, is this out already? Or well, we're gonna find out. It's supposed to be coming. I guess we're reading the article. Oh man, I hope it's gonna be more than just Japan. So it will be the first game based in the franchise since the MMO RPG 2016 Record of Lotus War Online, which was mediocre, judging by the Steam reviews. The MMO was itself the first Record of Lotus War game since the 2000 Dreamcast action RPG. 
Footage was from last year when the game was first announced by developer Team Ladybug. The studio worked on Metroidvania Toho Luna Night, which was overwhelmingly positive reviews on Steam. It's hard to tell... I'm sorry, wait, whoa, 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 hold on. Metroidvania Toho Luna Night. Continue. Alright, it's hard to tell much uh, about it from the footage or from a pair of new low-res screenshots below. Hat tip, sneaker bunko. But fans to the fr oh, sorry, but fans of the franchise will be hoping it lives up to the novels and anime. you find it on Steam this fall. Oh, this fall! Oh, that's even better. I thought they said Spring 2020. Is heading to Steam Early Access this year and is targeting a spring... Oh, for a release date, full release date. Okay. Alright, so this game here, this game is basically going to be set in the same engine as Toho mm -hmm. Luna Nights. Because it definitely has like that exact same look All to right. it. And I'm now watching Toho Luna Nights and... Oh, I tell you, you're going to play that as well. My God. Oh, <laughs> hell yes, Finally, game games for Scott. Oh my God! Also, like the main character is Izayoi, who is like probably my favorite Toho character. So, yeah, some yep. of these look good, and then I get scared when it's Toho stuff because it looks fucking crazy. Yep. But the, yep. the the platforming and, and like, exploring like said, in like, these games look fucking amazing, though. I'd be shitty oh as fuck doing bosses, but like just playing the game would be so much fun. Mm -hmm. And like I said, Isayoi is like easily my favorite Toho character, so like... God! Yeah, okay. Alright. Damn. Alright, so yeah, for those that you can't see, go and check out uh, both of those. Holy yep. shit. Alright, so we're getting into our Kickstarters now, everybody. Yeah, we got some I know. Two new Kickstarters. First is Kumo, A Boy in the Clouds. An atmospheric tale of hope. They're, well, they're, they just made some more money. They're looking for 21,000. They currently have 11,000. They have 364 backers and 26 days to go. Wow, they're. they're wow. Yeah, they're, they're oh, definitely for sure. They're over 50% funded already. Let's have a look at this. Ooh, developers are from Finland as well. That's cool. Ooh. Okay. I hope they make it more of a f uh, Finnish lore or something. That would be fucking amazing. Because they got a lot of... Oh, hey, Betty. They have a lot of interesting stuff in their folklore and stuff. Oh damn! Gameplay. Okay. Very bright and Ooh. colorful. Hey, as long as it's got good challenging puzzles and, and fights. This gives me like a very like uh, uh Shadow of the yeah. Colossus vibe. It's like like Shadow of the Colossus meets yeah. Prince of Persia. Yeah. Which, if those are the two games you're comparing it to... Those graphics are vibrant just saying. as well. It's very nice. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's obviously, like, early, so, like, a lot of things seem, like, pretty non-textured mm -hmm. at the moment, which is fine because it's still being kickstarted and 
I'm sure after development, it's going to look gorgeous. All right. Well, so far it looks fantastic. Like that that picture right yes, there. Yes, it does. That does it for me. Yes. <laughs> mm-hmm. <coughs> like I said, like when when you can compare it to games like Shadow of the Colossus or or Prince of Persia, then you know you're doing something right. And it's my wish list on Steam. It gave you the option. So mm -hmm. uh, yeah, uh, let's see. To make a ten dollar play, or sorry, make plays without a reward. So what's the uh, copy of the, the game? Thirteen pounds, but twenty one dollars Canadian, so about eighteen ninety nine, seventeen ninety nine American. That's Which, that's not that's bad decent. for a game that looks like this for that like higher quality, especially for especially for a game that's going to be getting multiple console releases. Mm -hmm. I think that's exactly. pretty good. I am definitely. Yeah, the art style is fucking amazing. It looks really nice. It's beautiful. I really like it. I really like that that, that character, like like Game Hunter was saying. I really like the character design because it's like you're more. You're a like, boy who's also who's been possessed by Orko from uh, He Man. And it's like it gets a very mysterious character vibe. I like games like that where like the yeah. character is mysterious and and you don't really find out know, too much to more about them. Like just like little things that you're like, but no, or but like, why? Why? Why can't I see his face? What's going on? Why is he wearing a right? Well, there has, there's right? going to be a reason for it. They don't really want to tell you. And you're just like, oh, I'll find it someday. I'll keep playing. I don't care. Right? I'll find out. <laughs> You want to, you want to get to the end of the game just to see the character's face. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Jeez, he has a lot of different uh, tiers of pledging right there. Reward, yeah. Solo developer. Hmm. Composer Lin Yang. That's cool. Name doesn't look so familiar. But what will be split? Development. Well, yes. That's yeah. Okay. Anyway, no. This uh, they they are in they are in Northern Europe, so they do get taxed yeah, out the right. ass. Especially those, especially from Denmark. Like, oof, oof. So yeah, this looks like a really nice game. Looks like a really fun 3D platformer. Yes, it does. Uh, it's it's the atmosphere around it, like the look at the backgrounds and stuff, the mist and stuff with the, you know, in the pits. Instead of just having like, oh, let's just have plain air, you know. You have like a mist, and yeah, then the yeah. higher up you go, the more the mist kind of disappears if you look on this one. Like right here, there's more mist, there's more mist. And as you go higher up, all of a sudden the mist kind of disappears a little bit. So that's kind of nice. Alright, we have one more. Our last one is called Helveti. A 2D character action game lovingly made with hand-drawn art and animation based around Celtic and Gaulish mythology. That sounds fun and very interesting as well. They're making this for the Switch and for Steam, so... Uh, they're looking for 26900 uh, they currently are at fourteen thousand nine hundred, so they're they're over halfway as well. Uh, these guys are also from Switzerland, and uh, let's have a look at the game, shall we? 
Oh, okay. I don't know why, but immediately I thought of Donkey Kong. Uh, country. I know, I know it's not the art style, but I don't know, maybe it's the way they have the layering yeah. in it or something. It's... I, uh, what do I want to say? I, oh. I don't want to say. It's not that I don't like the art style. I don't, I don't know. Uh, it's very, uh, papery it, 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 movement. Yeah. yeah. It looks like a really Oh yeah, game. don't get me wrong, it looks like it's done well. It's not the art style yeah, I And I'm the same way, That's see, I'm... I'm there we go. For, for those who, who aren't but aware, like, we're very picky with the, the art style of stuff. Usually it's... Yeah. Um, but that doesn't, like, that. sometimes the art style will not steer me away from, like, how good a game is. Like, for example, like, Slay the Spire. I am not it's a It's actually a lot like style. this. I never have been, and I, and I never will be. Yeah, exactly. Which is like why Slay the Spire came to mind when I thought of something like this. Which I have never been a fan of its art style. Yeah, I'm, I, I agree like with you. I don't that. like the way that it looks. However, Slay the Spire is a fucking fantastic it's fun. game, yeah. and I and I get past the art style because of how good the Jesus. game is. And this is kind of like I feel like this sort of game might exactly. be the same way, where it's like I, I'm not a fan of its art style. But like the gameplay really draws me into what to play it. Lots of combos. And especially, I, yeah, that that right there. It kind of like Whoa. It, it feels like a two D Devil May Cry, which I'm definitely about. Like I like that sort of system where like you can like take one dude and just like juggle him infinitely and that sort of stuff. I like that sort of stuff, which is why like I was saying like. I may not agree with the art style, but I definitely like the gameplay for sure. What I will say is this this part right here, make this into a pixel game for me, please. If you can take this dude right here and turn him into a pixel mm -hmm. game, like some platforming and stuff, I would be down as shit for that though. Yeah, like exactly. anyways, uh yeah, they actually have an alpha demo there. Oh, yeah. A digital yeah, copy of the game on that. any platform. $13, so they're actually not looking for too much money. Yeah, but $9.99 for That's you guys. really yeah. good. I, I would say yeah, 9 or $10.99 wow. for sure, somewhere around that. Wow, that's really good. That's really So there good. are three playable characters, each with distinct style and developed moveset. A uh, great variety of enemies and bosses based on various mythologies from Celtic. Oh, I forgot about that, too. They were drawn to it. Throw yeah. in uh, Celtic and Germanic uh, different types of mythology in there, which that could add to it as well. Once you actually start getting some storyline from behind it, because then the whole paper look would be would make a little bit more sense for the fact that most of that kind of stuff you only hear from like books, because well, most of the people that would know about that mythology are probably long gone. So. Mm -hmm. Yeah, they got some stretch goals. Let's see what they got here. Oh no. Uh, when, oh, they'll be revealed once they hit their minimum goal. Alright. Gotcha. Which I feel yeah, they I definitely will. will. They will definitely get it. They're already over half uh, uh, funded already, so I mean, you know. Uh, yeah. Look at that. They're even using emojis to help, like, help you know what each thing is and stuff. Boss design, limited box set. They got a lot of cool stuff there as well. 
Yeah, I mean, you got an alpha, you got an alpha demo to try. So, like, if you feel that you know you go through the demo and you really, really like it and want to get it, that gives you inspiration. Just throw ten bucks at them. Get yourself a copy of the game. The highest tier is one thousand three thirty-six. Okay. I definitely do. like definitely like the combat. Yeah, it, it looks, looks like very it's... nice. Like I said, like very, very Devil yeah. May Cry sort of yeah, combat that's actually type a good stuff. Way of putting it, the whole comboing and Devil May Cry. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> all right. Well, that was uh, not too bad. Not too bad at all. Yep. Um, I do. Uh, I have a mm-hmm. link for you here. I do want to update something. Um, Gigabuster, the Kickstarter that we went over, I want to say four or five weeks ago. I was we were we talked about that, and uh, it did meet its okay. goal. Uh, I just wanted to give an update on that. I did try the demo of it. I, I think we want we did kind of want to like go back and look at some of the older Kickstarters and you know see if they made their their goals or not. Uh, Gigabuster did make their goal, so we will definitely be getting that game. And it does have a playable demo. So if you guys have not tried that yet. I would go uh, check out the demo for that. It's really good, and uh, looks like this says that the game is going to be relatively good. soon, uh, August of 2019. It looks like they said that they're going to be uh, they're going to nice. be coming around. So, so there you go. The Gigabuster is officially crowdfunded, and we will be getting that game soon. So we'll be looking forward to that. And when it does come out, I will definitely be streaming it. All right. So uh, we're going to end this the uh, stream and the podcast here for tonight. I'm just going to look and see who we got that we can uh, host up tonight. Uh, mm-hmm. And uh, thank you thank you everybody who uh, who came for the live podcast. We definitely indeed. appreciate your support. And, uh, and thank you to uh, uh, Six uh, of Six and Ghosty for doing quality control for us. He's basically there to make mm-hmm. sure that our audio it. didn't get ruined again, <laughs> like it did last week. So, <laughs> big, big yeah. thank you to we, us. We have a little well. bit of a. All right. Yeah, a little bit of quality control, which indeed. We very much oh God, yes, so much. All right, let's. I, I don't know who I'm going to throw everyone over to. I really don't know. Oh, let's throw them over to. Eat it up, eighty-six. Uh, he's currently playing Legend of Zelda, finishing Legend uh, Legend of Link, then giving Fallout Four another chance. All right, so hopefully we'll we'll, we'll catch him cool. while he's playing some Legend of Zelda. Anyways, have yourselves a good evening. Take care, and we will see you next week. Have a good night, guys.